0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stephen King cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King. Once I reviewed each of his works in the chronological order of publication, but Ka is a wheel, it all goes round again, and here I am once more on a new phase of the journey to examine each of the endings of the works of Stephen King to determine whether or not King deserves his reputation for having an inability to successfully land his endings. The focus of the podcast will be to examine the climax, falling action, and resolution of the endings to each of his novels and break it down by character, themes, conflict, and plot to determine whether or not it meets the criteria of being an objectively good ending. I will also, um, I will also weigh in on whether or not I happen to personally, subjectively, like the ending. And today I am here to discuss the ending of Wizard and Glass. So, everyone, happy summer! Um, as I record this, uh, we are in the tail end of July, um, which in my neck of the woods has been uh, a really rainy month. So, I hope that wherever you are, uh, you are enjoying summer, um, whether your summer is too hot, too rainy, too cold, um, to um, insert... Um, you know, evidence of climate change here. Um, so, but regardless, I hope that you are making the most out of it. If it's not that great, um, I hope that you are doing what you can for yourself. Um, so I, before I even get into, um, Wizarding Glass and the ending of Wizarding Glass, um, I want to just really shout out uh, the Final Girls support group by Grady Hendrix, which came out two weeks ago, I think. Um, This was the book of the summer for me. Um, It's going to be hard to to top that. I really enjoyed it. If you are fans of the horror genre, and anyone listening to the Stephen King cast at this point probably is a fan of the horror genre, you will get a lot out of it. It is peppered with so many, I don't want to say references or Easter eggs, but just layers of... Uh, of understandings of, uh, the horror genre, um, the, what, what the horror genre mean, uh, horror genre means to its fans, to pop culture. Um, there is just a deep understanding and the, the more, you know, the more you will get out of it. It is a, um, you know, deconstruction in many ways of, of the, the slasher genre and what it means to be a final girl so um i really really enjoyed it i strongly recommend that you go out and read it um it is it is it's a lean mean book um it does not overstay its welcome though it really could have and it would not have been um, unwelcome you know it could have been a couple extra hundred pages and i would not have complained at spending those pages in that time with those characters and the story that he presented to us so uh, the Final Girls Support Group by Grady Hendricks. That um that's what you all should be reading right now. Okay, guys, if you haven't done so already, a review on iTunes would really, really help me out. So head on over to iTunes, leave a review if you like Stephen King cast. Also, at any point, feel free to write into the Stephen King cast at stephenkingcast at yahoo.com and send any thoughts that you have on any of the books that I'm talking about week in, week out, or any Stephen King um, thought that you have. Um, ...that you would like to share that I can read on air. StephenKingCast at Yahoo.com Okay, without further ado, here we go. Bing, bang, boom. Let me get into the Wikipedia summary so that I have a basis upon which I can build my analysis of the ending of The Wizard in Glass. The novel begins where the wastelands ended. After Jake, Eddie, Susanna, and Roland fruitlessly riddle Blaine the Mono for several hours... ...Eddie defeats the mad computer by telling childish jokes... Blaine is unable to handle Eddie's illogical riddles and short circuits. The four gunslingers and Oi the Billy Bumbler disembark uh, at the Topeka Railway Station, which to their surprise is located in the Topeka, Kansas of the 1980s. The city is deserted as this version of the world has been depopulated by the influenza of King's novel The Stand. Links between these books also include the following reference to the walking dude from the stand on page 95. Someone had spray painted over both signs marking the ramp's ascending curve. On the one reading St. Louis 215, someone had slashed watch out for the walking dude, among others. The world also has some other minor differences with the one or more known to Eddie, Jake, and Susanna. For instance, the Kansas City baseball team is the Monarchs as opposed to the Royals and Nazala. It's a popular soft drink, and I was wearing my Nazala shirt today, um, which I had gotten from katet19.net, which you all should head on over to um, and buy your favorite Stephen King apparel. The katet leaves the city via the Kansas Turnpike, and as they camp one night next to an eerie dimensional hole which Roland calls a thinny, the gunslinger tells his apprentices of his past and his first encounter with a thinny. At the beginning of the story within the story, Roland, age 14, earns his guns, an episode retold in the inaugural issue of The Gunslinger Born, and becomes the youngest gunslinger in memory. He did it because he discovered his father's trusted counselor, the sorcerer Martin Broadcloak, having an affair with his mother, Gabrielle Deschain. In anger, Roland challenges his mentor, Court to a duel to earn his guns. Roland bests his teacher, and his father sends him east, away from Gilead, for his own protection. Roland leaves with two companions, Cuthbert Allgood and Elaine Johns. Soon after their arrival in the distant barony of Mehees, Roland falls in love with Susan Delgado, the promised gilly of Mayor Hart His love for Susan clouds his reasoning for a time and nearly results in a permanent split between him and his previously inseparable friend Cuthbert. He and his cotet also discovers a plot between the barony's elite and the good man John Farson leader of a rebel faction, to fuel Farson's war machines with Mahis oil. After being seized by the authorities on suspicion of murdering Thor, and Roland's kottet manages an escape, uh, to escape jail with Susan's help, destroy the oil and detachment, fart, and the detachment Farson sent to transport it, as well as the Mahis traders. The battle ends at Eyebolt Canyon, where Farson's trope, troops are maneuvered into charge charging to their deaths into a thinnie. The kot also captures the pink-colored wizard's glass, a mystical malevolent orb or crystal ball from the town witch Rhea of the Coos. The globe had entranced Rhea so much that she was starving herself and her pets to death because she spent every free moment watching the visions in the orb. The glass then shows Roland a vision of his future and Susan's death, burned at the stake as a harvest sacrifice for colluding with Roland. The visions send him into a stupor from which he eventually recovers, at which point the glass torments him with further visions, this time of events that he was not present for, but nonetheless shaped his fate and Susan's such is the nature of the wizard's glass. Roland's tale comes to a close as Susan is burned to death in accordance with the vision he saw. In the morning, Roland's new quartet comes to a suspiciously familiar Emerald City. The Wizard of Oz parallels continue inside where the wizard is revealed to be Martin Broadcloak, also known as Randall Flagg. Since Flagg has bewitched Roland's own guns to misfire against him, Roland shoots at him with Jake's Ruger, but narrowly misses, giving Flag time to flee. In his place, he leaves the wizard's glass, nicknamed Merlin's Grapefruit for its pink color, which shows the quartet the day Roland accidentally killed his own mother despite Roland's history of bringing calamity to his friends and loved ones Eddie Susanna and Jake refuse to abandon him the group once more sets off for the dark tower following the path of the beam okay uh so let's talk about the ending which will let's say that the ending starts at the shootout in Eyebolt Canyon um And then the falling action would be the... uh, So that's the climax. The falling action being Roland looking into the grapefruit as Susan burns. And then the resolution being the confrontation with Flagg admitting to his cotet that he had killed his mother. Okay, so criteria for a good ending. I'm going to ask a couple questions here. Does it provide an appropriate conclusion to its characters that is consistent with the characters' actions, conflicts, and themes? Yeah. Yes. Um this is a, a a deeply character um based story about the the first love of roland um really his, his real only love um when he was more idealistic um and and pure in so many ways um and when that purity was tainted by his first taste of the dark tower and how that coincided with the horrors of the uh, what um, befell him at hes uh, with the the death of of Susan, um, and him just getting a little bit older and becoming the the Roland that we know. So, yeah, in in terms of it's 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 a you know I mean every one of these books so much is about Roland, but this one really. Mm-hmm contextualizes the character as we know him to be um, and by juxtaposing this this hardened warrior with a um, with him as a youth when he was full of love um, and idealistic love and that teenage love that that, that passion um, you know it, it really shows what his what his journey has been and how hard it has been so um Yes, I would say that this is an appropriate conclusion to the characters as they were presented to us um, within the story leading up to um, the, the climax. Successfully wrap up the plot. Specifically, do the events build upon one another with consistency? In the flashbacks, in the story of Mahis, yes, fully. In terms of plot, absolutely. Uh, the story of Mehis clearly has a distinct beginning, middle, and end. And with that, I would say that King crafts his most potent tale in the world of the Dark Tower series. Um, It's full of young love, looming dread, western tropes, witches, conspiracies, mysteries, and friendship. And for three three books leading into it, King has described the world as having moved on, which is a big concept um, and at times hard to understand. Um, but in this book he reframed um, the beginning of the end um, with the most personal of stories. So yeah, I would say the the Mahese flashback, which takes up the bulk of this story, um, he wraps up the mysteries he presents the information to us in the end um clearly um we know that it has to end in um tragedy so the uh the build up to that is it's just brick upon brick of brick of of tension um and it coincides with his introduction to the dark tower itself i think that it's it's wonderfully done so yes in terms of plot uh, King wraps up the plot with Mehis. Now the mileage, but that's not the end end. Um, the the confrontation with Flag is also a part of the end, so mileage may vary there um, between um, the, with the confrontation between Flag and and Roland. So I'm gonna give you a spoiler alert um, for the uh, remainder of the Dark Tower series. Uh, fast forward if you don't want to hear what happens between. Um, Roland and, and flag later on in the books um, okay even warned all right so this is it I And mean, this is the big confrontation Flag shows up in Emerald City Roland shoots at him and that's it there, there's really not much more to it than that now throughout my journey of the Stephen King cast I read I discovered the the genius of this um, it really fits Randall Flag. As a character, being a charlatan, and really fully being the man behind the curtain—duh—it's the Emerald City, right? But for some readers, um, Flag's inherent weakness um, might not register as satisfactory. I mean, some some readers would prefer Flag to be um, the grand unifying villain, ala Thanos from the marvel uh, cinematic universe but those are two completely different characters and um it's it's not a it's not really a good correlation um because like i said flag is he's a manipulator he is a charlatan um and he is someone that uh he is, he is crafty he is dangerous for sure but um his power comes not from overt confrontation um comes from from remaining in the shadows and really setting people against each other that's that's his um that's his, his major strength it's uh but he you know what i like about flag and can you know again and I'll, I'll beat this drum whenever i get a chance to i like that he thinks that he's he's a, a main player but he's just a you know A Tertiary character at best. I like that a lot. I think that that fits the character. I think that's great but so I understand if some people read this and They find that confrontation Anticlimactic I think by nature of what King was doing. It was purposefully supposed to be anticlimactic because it's not about flag Um, It is about Roland and his trauma flag has a part to play for sure but the fact that he is so easily dispatched here shows the strength of the regrowth that Roland has um, built for himself with this cotet So I think that it works. Please email me if you don't think that it works at stephenkingcast at yahoo.com. Does the conclusion serve the themes, symbolisms, and motifs? Yes. Yes, absolutely. This end is soaked with tragedy. Blood is basically dripping off of the pages from the death of susan to the chronic teasing of the death of his cotet to the acknowledgement that roland killed his own mother leaves the reader with a bad feeling for our current Cotet. like a good serialized entry it wraps up the plot and events of the book but leaves you wanting more for the next so yes um yes uh ka is a wheel is a phrase and a concept that is has been um has been established at this point and that phrase has entered the the reader's subconscious at this point so we are looking for ka is a wheel and we can at this point at this crossroads with roland and his content there are two paths he can take the path to redemption or or the path to the tower. Ka um, is a wheel. We saw what happened the first time around. So what is the most famous scene in the novel and does it appear in the conclusion of the story? So the this is a question that doesn't, you know, I think that's important to think about. I don't think that it hurts if the most important or most famous scene doesn't take place in the end but i think that's worth talking about so what is the most famous scene in this novel um is it the the standoff um between the uh the big coffin hunters and the boys once they uh rolled into town i love that scene it's a really well done scene is it the chariot the chariot tree (laughs) the um could be Is it the death of Blaine? Is it the opening? Um, I don't know. Um, If it's the Charu Tree, then it definitely takes place in the end. The other two do not. But that's something worth mulling over. Are there other factors that we need to consider? Um, In terms of talking about endings of a novel, again, this is a very serialized story. So if there is uh, a—if things are not wrapped up entirely, that's Okay because there is a next chapter coming. Um, but I would say that in terms of... <clears throat> in terms of what King set out to do, he does put a nice little bow on this, and this does... <clears throat> Sorry, yeah, I got going off my throat. Um, it does wrap itself up nicely. It does feel self-contained, um, aside from the beginning with Blaine. Um, if this was just more along the lines of when through the keyhole, if it was just kind of... Um, you just start with the gang hunkering down, Roland tells a story and they move on to their next phase of the journey. That's kind of what it feels like. If you take out if you take out Blaine, it's really its own story. Um you know, there's a tease of the thunderclap, but uh but but other than that, it just kind of does its own thing. So, do I like the ending? Yep. Is it a good ending for all the reasons that I I, I had talked about? Yes. It is a good ending. It fits the criteria for a good ending. So we have 27 out of 28 endings um, that I happen to like. And um, objectively, 25 out of 28 endings uh, we determined are good. So I think that King is he's doing okay for himself. All right, everyone, that's all I got for this week. Um, but make sure that you come on back next week. Um, and if you have any questions, thoughts, please write into Stephen stephenkingcast at yahoo.com. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. That would help me out greatly. And may you have long days and pleasant nights, and I'll see you here next time where M-O-O-N spells Stephen Kingcast.